progress. Okay, so we're up to the beginning of Lamed Vav Amed Aleph, but let's just review. The Mishnah was talking about that if you have Reuben and Shimon, and Reuben said he's not going to benefit from Shimon, and Shimon is the Kayin, the halacha is that he's still allowed to do certain things for him, certain karbanas he could bring for him. So the Gemara had a Shiloh. The Gemara asked, are Kahanim our shluchim or the shluchim of Hashem? What's the nafkamina? The nafkamina is, if you say you're not going to benefit from a Kayin, could you use him in the Beis HaMikdash? If he's our shliach, you can't. If he's a shliach of Hashem, then why not? He's just doing God shlichas, he's not doing your shlichas. So the Gemara said, well, let's prove from our Mishnah. It says you could bring karbanos. The Gemara says, no, no, it didn't. It never said you could bring all karbanos. It said specifically these. These karbanos are different. They're called mechus kipurim, which means that there are people, certain karbanos have certain uh, purposes. Some karbanos, the purpose is to bring atonement. Some karbanos, the purpose is to give thanks. So those a kain is not allowed to bring if he taka asas hana. But because he's considered our shliach. Why are these the exception? These are the exception where even if he's considered your shliach, he could bring them, because the mechusik kipurim, mechusik kipurim means that a person can't enter the Beis HaMikdash, or can't eat karbanas, until he brings a certain karban, like a zav, a zava, or yeledes. So the halacha is that a mechusik kipurim, the kehanim can serve it for them, even though there are shluchim. Why? Because you don't need das. And any time you don't need das, then you don't need a shliach. Meaning... Normally the kayin is the shliach of ours, but these these karbanos are the exception because these karbanos you don't need shlichus because you don't need das. I don't know you don't need das because it says zeis teres hazav that you could bring a karban for a child also a child. Uh, doesn't have das and he can't appoint you a shliach. So you see, these karbanos are different. What about Yeledis, a girl under bat mitzvah can't give birth? The answer is. Yeledes is an isha whether she's a pikachas or she's a shaita. So because you could bring a carbon for a shaita, that shows you you don't need das, which is you don't need shlichus. So these karbanos are the exception. But in general, kehanim are, 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 the, are the shluchim of, of ours, and they cannot serve you if you asered hana. So the Gemara says, so you're telling me the only karbanos that if you say uh, a kayan is not allowed to, I'm not allowed to benefit from a kayan, the only carbon that he could do for you is a zav, a zava, and a yeledes. Here's the problem. The problem is, look in the Mishnah, it adds two more, chatas and anasham. And the Gemara speaks it out. The Gemara says, The Brysis speaks it out clearly, that if I say I'm not going to benefit from a kayin, he could still bring my chatas and anasham. Now, you're telling me, the only carbon a kayin could bring for you, if, you, if you're not going to benefit from him, is dafka, ones that are mechus kipurim. Achatas and Ashram is not Mechus Kippurim. Achatas and Ashram is a regular carbon. Mechus Kippurim means that it's a special carbon that you need in order to eat Kadshim and in order to enter the base of Mikdash. And the Cheshbin is that Hashem doesn't need Das for these. You could bring it for someone without his knowledge. You don't need Shluchis because Hashem just basically wants it that for you to eat Kadshim, a carbon has to be brought for you. It doesn't have to be brought with your knowledge, not on your behalf. No Shluchis, fine. But what about Achatas and Ashram? Achatas and Ashram, not Mechus Kippurim. If you, if you ate uh, uh, pork, you have to bring a chatos. That's not a chusik kipurim. It's just stam. You need an atonement. So how come a kayin is allowed to bring it? Oh, it must be that kehanim are the shluchim of Hashem, and they can bring all karbanas for us. So you're telling me, no, they're really our shluchim. And the only karbanas they can bring are mechusik kipurim. Chatos Hashem, not mechusik kipurim. The answer is, there are chatos in Hashem that are mechusik kipurim. What's the example? Chatos eshel mitzayra, ve'asham eshel mitzayra. The answer is, there's one type of chatos in Hashem that is a mechusik kipurim, and that's a mitzayra. After someone gets tzaras, he cannot enter the Vesamikdash, or eat karbanas, until he brings all of his karbanas. One is a chatos, and one is an Hashem. So therefore, in general... In general, they cannot bring karbanas for you. I, achatas and ashram, they could. It's dafka, achatas of an asha of a mitzayra and an asham of a mitzayra because it's mechusik kipurim and you don't need das.
Okay? Uh, as we have this b'risa, again, anything the Kayin can bring for you when you don't benefit from him, we're saying right now, is connected to not having das, not requiring das, and not requiring shlichus. So what's the karbana so far? Zav, zava, yeledes, and now, mitzayra. Why? Because it says, tairas, ben gadol, ben you could bring it for a child. A child doesn't have das, a child can't appoint you a shliach, the answer is, it, you don't need that. And therefore, those are the exceptions. Okay? But right now, we're going back to the Shailah of... Shim was here, he would probably point this out. I think it's the Mefersha Gemara in Yuma. The Gemara in Yuma really concludes with this. We had a Shailah. Are Shluchim, are Kehanim our Shluchim, or Shluchim of God? And what we're trying to go about it, we're trying to figure it out, based on, could you use them if you're not going to benefit from them? There's a much easier answer to this question, and that's Piggle. I'll tell it outside, then we'll see it inside. Piggle means the Kayan brings a Karabon with the wrong mindset, and meaning he plans on shechting it past the time, or he plans on burning the fats. So let's say he shechts it with the intention to burn the fats a week from now. The halacha is that's called pigel. And what happens? The carbon is disqualified. Let me ask you a question. If he's our shluchim, if I appoint you as a shliach for me, and you do something terrible, it's not, it's not my problem. It doesn't work. Because once you deviate from the plan, you're not mashlech anymore. So how does it work that pigel is considered uh, effective and rases the carbon? If there are shluchim, I could say was it I never sent you to, to be my detriment. I only sent you for the good. The second you deviate, that's your own thing, and it's not my carbon. I should be able to. I should be able to bring another carbon, and it shouldn't. And it should affect me. So the. Well, well, the kain might have to bring it for me. The point is, but it shouldn't be that the carbon is actually. Well, actually, it's more than that. Once he's once he's deviates from the plan, then his actual mindset should not affect the carbon at all. It actually shouldn't be puzzle, right? If I walk into your house and I'm like, I have bad mindsets for avodas, it doesn't affect your house because I'm not I'm not involved with you. Like once once you deviate from the plan, you're not my shliach anymore. So why does your action affect my carbon? So you see, they're considered our shluchim, because they're, they're the shluchim of God. What, what is it? Uh, I'm sorry, you see that the shluchim of God, because if they're our shliach, you should be able to say to him, I never wanted you to be my detriment. I only appointed you shliach if it would help me, not to hurt me. So why does pigle work? It must be that they're shluchim of Hashem. So let's see it inside. The Gemara says, Tanan, hakehanim shepiglu b'migdosh, if a kayan does pigle in the base of migdosh. So there's two questions. Is the, car, car, is the carbon possible? The answer is yes. The question then, secondly, is does he have to reimburse the person? Because he, he, he damaged him by the fact that he, his carbon is not effective anymore. So the, the, Bryce, the Mishnah says it depends if he did it on purpose. Mizidin, if he did it on purpose, Chayovin, he has to repay the owner of the animal with, uh, with uh, compensation for the carbon that was lost. Hashayin Petur, if it was done accidentally, you don't have to pay, fine. But what do you see? El Shepuku Piggle. In both cases, it's effective Piggle. Now, if you said the Kahanim of the Shluchim of God, so then they could do whatever they like, and whatever they do, it has effect. But if you say the Kahanim are our Shluchim, meaning the Kahanim are the Shluchim of the, of the owners that sent them, am I pigule pigle? Then why does pigle work at all? Lay malay, you should say, I only appointed you to my benefit, not to detriments. So the second he goes off the script, it shouldn't affect my carbon anymore. It should be just like a random dude trying to affect my carbon, which doesn't affect it. So what do you see? You must be the shluchim of God. That's why pigle works. The answer is no. Shani The answer is. Pickle could be different. It could be their taka 
our shluchim. So you're going to say, well, if there are shluchim, then why does pigel work? Why can't I say, I never appointed you to hurt me? The answer is, the Pasuk says, by pigel lo yechashev, his mindset affects, mikom makam. It always affects it, meaning it's exeris akasiv that the kayan who brings your carbon has the ability to affect it, even if he's not technically your shliach. It's exeris akasiv. Lo yichashem mekomakim. His mindset has the ability to affect the mekomakim. So it's not necessarily a sign either way of whether he's a shliach or not, because you're not working from the classic standard of shlichus. Meaning, even if he's your shliach, so why does pigle work? Because it's exeris akasiv that pigle works. Okay, fine. Gufa. Um, Rabbi Yechonah, we're going to talk about this, uh, the, the, this concept that we had before, which is that we're basically saying, we said before that you could bring a carbon for your children, uh, for a zav and a zava below bat mitzvah, and even though they don't need das, and also means you don't need shlichus in those, those carbonas. So I could bring it for you, I could bring it for you even if, um, even if I'm not appointed. So the Gemara says like this, Gufa, Am Rav Das, all carbonas need das, meaning I, just can't, I can't bring your chatas for you without asking you. Chutz, mechuse kapara. Except for mechuse kapara, those carbonas that bring atonement, that not just bring atonement, that allow you access to the base of and allow you access to eat carbonos, that I could bring without knowledge of the owner. How do I know this? Shayada maybe carbon, al banav b'nai sevakatan. And it's an interesting equation because it's called donin efsher, efsher efsher. Meaning, I, you need a carbon, you need a. Um, I'll give an example. You're a Yeledis. You just gave birth. Mazel tov, bread. So I wanted to bring, I'm not going to make you a Zav, I'm going to make you a Yeledis. So I'm like, you know what? He's got a lot on his plate. He just gave birth to a baby. I'm going to bring a carbon for him. What are we saying? It works. Why? Because you could bring a carbon for Yeledis for your wife who's a Shaita. Now, could your wife bring a carbon? Is she capable? No. So it's Iyavshir, it's impossible. But we're saying, because it works when it's impossible, it works when it's possible. You have a Zav, your neighbor's a Zav, you're like, I'll bring a carbon for him. Could he bring a carbon on his own? Of course, of course, he's an adult. But what's the Pshat? It works, why? Because I can bring a carbon for my child who doesn't have Das, so if it works for them, it works for adults as well. So it's, 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 it's using an interesting halachic equation. That's the premise. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says like this, El Meata, Here's the kasha. You're telling me, basically, because you could bring it for your wife who's a shaita, right? You led this, yeah? I could bring it for my wife who's a shaita, so therefore I could bring it for any this, even if they're not a shaita. So the Gemara says, well, let's extrapolate with that. The Gemara assumes at this point that the same way I could bring a carbon for my wife who's a shaita, when it's a this, I could also bring it for any carbon that she needs, like a chatas. Let's say your wife eats pork. She's a shaita. You could bring a carbon for her. So the Gemara says, well, if that's the case, then why can't I bring every chatas, right? You tell me the only carbon I could bring for my neighbors without their consent is zav, zava, yeledes, and a mitzora. That's it. But why? If, I could, if you're telling me the equation is anything I could bring for my wife who's a shota, I could bring for my neighbor. So I could bring a chatas for pork for my wife who's a shota, then why can't I bring every chatas for my neighbor? So it's an, you just extrapolate, just apply it. If it works by Zav and Yizavah, why doesn't it work? So the Gemara says, My friend ain't Chalev, he has to bring a Chatas, I'll bring it for him. Why? Maybe I'll ishto Shaita, right? Because if, if I could bring it for my wife who's a Shaita, I could bring it for my neighbor. I could bring Chalev for my wife who's a Shaita. Kerav Yehuda. So why do Rav say, If I separate a chatas without your consent, it's not, it doesn't work. But why? So the Gemara says, 
No, but we're but we're but true, but we're applying it by a yeledes, right? You're right. You could have argued that that's a valid point, and you could argue the same for for kids. Of course, you're responsible for your children, but but we're already applying it. We're already extrapolating that if you could do it for your wife who's a shaita, then I could do it for all yeledes, right? That was the basic premise. So. Then just keep going. Why stop by lettuce? Keep going. So again, what, what do you want to say? If I could bring a chatas for pork, or I'm, uh, for fats, for my wife who's a shaita, I could bring it for everyone. The answer is, who said you could bring a, a chatas for your wife who's a shaita? Who said that that works? We said by a lettuce it works because you don't need das. Who says it works by a chatas for a chalif? The answer is it doesn't. The truth is, for a chatas for a chalif, you can't bring it for your wife who's a shaita. Because if she's within the right mindset, she has to bring it. And if not, you can't bring it for her because she's not roy for a carbon. The answer is your whole premise is actually just incorrect. You could bring it for Yeledes that we had yesterday. Zois Teres Hayeledes. Bain Pikachas Bain Shaita. It's a special Xerisakasev by Yeledes. You're extrapolating it to Chaylev. Who said? It actually doesn't work. When your wife is a Shaita, you actually can't bring it. I mean, yes, yesterday the Gemara basically made it seem like it could be all carbonos. The answer is no, no, no. It's Dafka Zostaris Hayoledis. Zostaris Hayoledis. Dafka Hayoledis. You could bring it for your wife who's a Shaita. I know the Drusha yesterday was other maybe carbon usher, the whole carbonos Shachayavas. All carbonos Shachayav. The answer is that doesn't, we, no, not necessarily. That's Only. Yeah, but based on that, the answer is no, no, no. Dafka Zostaris Hayoledis. The Gemara says, I'll prove it to you. Um, uh, the Gemara says, What's the case that you want to bring a chatas for chaylev for your wife who's a shaita? What's the case? First of all, if she eats it when she's a shaita, is she responsible for her actions? No. You don't have to bring a carbon. If, if someone who's mentally deranged, who's, who's, who's mamish in, in, in a hospital that he's not, not just someone who's a, but mamish, Mentally, I mean, this medically retarded in that way. I don't know if that's medically the right way, but that, 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 you don't have to bring a carbon. They're not pardas. You don't have to bring a carbon for that. It's like, it's like, a, it's like an infant doing an ave. They don't have to bring a carbon. So you can say, okay, she ate it when she was healthy. And so why didn't she bring it when she's healthy? Then she became deranged. The problem is, the halacha is that if I forget about your wife, let's say you eat chaylev when you're healthy, then you go into a mental, you go into a mental, you lose your mind for a year, you and then you're better again. The halacha is, um, if you appointed a carbon before, it doesn't work because that moment. That you went lost your mind, you were puzzled from the carbon because you were not bar, not roy for a carbon. Meaning, that period of time cancels the chiyuv because it's called yidcha, your daicha, your nidcha. At that point, you can't bring a carbon. So what's the case? So you're going to tell me your wife ate it when she was healthy, but now she's deranged. If she's deranged now, she doesn't have to bring a carbon. So the answer is there is no requirement to bring a chatas chela for your wife who's a shaita. Your whole premise is incorrect. Okay, fine. Marissa, fine. Okay, but let's go with the theme. Forget about your wife who's a shota. What was it before? Anytime you could bring a carbon for your children, that means they don't need that, so you could bring it for your neighbor without their consent. So he said, the carbon that you could bring for your children is zav and a zav. Because they're the only ones. Let me ask you a question. So I'll take it a step further. What's a carbon that you could bring for your children? Carbon Pesach, right? Sela base avos, which means that you have to register to bring the carbon Pesach, and you sell a base avos. Base avos means your family, meaning you have to register your kids, even below bar mitzvah. If you have to register your kids, that means you can bring a carbon for them. So then why can't I bring, I can't do it exactly, so then why can't I bring a carbon Pesach? Meaning if you use this equation, that if you could bring a carbon for your kids, you could bring it for your neighbors without their consent, so I could bring a carbon Pesach for my kids, so why can't I bring a carbon Pesach for my neighbor without their consent? 
So that's the Gemara's kasha. Elamiyata yavi adam pesach alchaverishikin adam maybe albanav albanaisav akatanim. If I could bring a karmpesa for my kids, and that's the assumption, celebe savos means that I could bring it for a karmpesa for my kids. Then if I could bring it for my kids, meaning I have to register them, and I could register my kids, they obviously don't have das. So why can't I register my friends? Alama am revelazer hifrish pesach haverilasaklum. Revelazer said that if I appoint a karmpesa for my friends without their consent, it doesn't work. So the question is why. So the Gemara answers. Um, the answer is, your assumption that you have to register your kids is incorrect. You actually don't have to. The halacha is that on a biblical level, kids under Bar Mitzvah do not have to be registered. So the reason why you could bring a carbon Pesach for your kids is because you don't have to. <laughs> but biblically, you don't have to requ- uh, register. What was the kasha? The kasha is, well, if I can register, I have to register everyone for the carbon Pesach. I can register my kids, which means I can bring a carbon Pesach for my kids. Why can't I bring from my neighbor? The answer is, you can't bring a carbon Pesach for your kids biblically. You don't have to. You can bring a carbon Pesach. On a biblical level, you bring home a Karm Pesach, your wife says, did you have in mind your kids? You're like, oops, I did not have in mind my kids. The halacha is, on a biblical level, it works. Because you don't have to register your kids. If you don't have to register your kids, that means also that you could, so there's no, the equation stops. The whole equation was based on the premise that if you could register your kids without their consent, you could register others. The answer is, on a biblical level, you don't have to. So it's not equatable to adults that you have to. It, it, you, I mean, it doesn't matter. It, it's not required. It doesn't do anything. It's chinuch. It's just to make them seem like they're participating. The whole Indian of registering your kids is to make them feel like they're involved in the Karp Pesach. There is no requirement on biblical level to, to register kids. So therefore, the fact that I could register them means I could register others? No, because you don't have to register. It's not, it's not accomplishing anything. So the Gemara says... Base avos just means your, your uncles, your brothers, your cousins. It means that if you want to register, your family has to be registered. Who's your family? All adult people. Kids under Ramitsa do not have to be registered. They could just join without being registered. So the fact that you could register without their mind doesn't apply to others because you don't actually don't have to. It's not, it's not a requirement. I mean, oh, I, I, I could do it for my kids. I could do others. You don't have to do it for your kids. You're not accomplishing anything. So it's, it's, it's all eyewash. So the Gemara says, This Indian of registering kids for a Karm Pesach is not a biblical requirement. Therefore, you're not actually accomplishing anything. That's why if you try to do it for others, it's not going to work, because the equation stopped. Um, uh, how do I know that if I, how do I know that you don't have to register your kids on a biblical level? The Gemara says, The Mishnah says like this, so a father goes over to the kids and he says, listen, I'm going up to Yerushalayim to bring the carbon Pesach. I want you guys all to join me. And for Zerizus, I want you guys to get there as fast as you can. They could be even walking. Meet me there and run. It's a race. Whoever gets there first, I'm going to have you in mind registered for the carbon Pesach. So the halacha is, different type of chenach. The halacha is, the halacha is that once the first one gets there, he is now officially a father. They're all under bar mitzvah, and he says, "Hi, hey, I'm going to I'm going to Yishalayim to bring the Karm Pesach. I want you guys to race to meet me there. Whoever gets there first is registered." So the halacha is whoever gets there first is registered because Yesh Brera. We do have a concept that you could retroactively figure out. But the second, let's say, there's five boys. The second, the winner, the first place gets there. The other four are also registered. So the question is, how does that work? You want to tell me that you have in mind for one slot and Yesh Brera, you could figure out retroactively the one that won is the one that you had in my mind. But how did the other guys get registered? The answer is they didn't. 
<laughs> it doesn't matter. Because you don't have to register kids on the bar mitzvah. So the Gemara says, and if you have to register kids on the bar mitzvah on a biblical level to have them in mind to bring the carbon pesach, then how could the one who won, how could he bring the others along with them? What's the answer? The answer is you don't have to register them. So if he doesn't have to register, why is he doing this whole thing of making them run? It sounds like when you read this mission, it sounds like you actually have to register, and that's why like you have to actually win the race. The answer is the whole thing is a game. So why is he doing this? The answer is that was their form of Zerizas for Mitzvahs, that they should race in order to run, to get to Yushalayim first. It was a way to, like, to get them, so the whole thing was a, you know, it's not a requirement. I'll prove it to you. Because Tanya Nami Hachi, the Bryce says, there was one story that uh, that the daughters outran the sons, and the daughters beat the sons to the race. And the Bryce said, you see that the daughters had more Zerizas. So you see from the Gemara's description of it, there was no Indian of actually getting registered or not. It was purely Zerizas. And that's why when the daughters won, they were called more Zerizas. It wasn't actually accomplishing anything because you don't have to register the kids anyway. So the kids are all, they're all yaitza anyway. So the kids, this is just to get them to get them to run. Yeah, in order to get them to run. Exactly. It's all pace off. Uh, next, next page. So what we're going to do is I'll get to the two dots uh, on the bottom. And then I don't know if I'm going to start the next two dots because it's easy tomorrow after the two dots. Okay. Here's the, here's the Gemara's flow. Gemara's Akasha. Ibailu. Here's the Kasha. In general, in general, if I have truma, right, I have a pile of fruits. I have a, 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 a whole stack of apples. I, I, want, I have to separate truma in order to make the apples permitted. I can't, you, you can't come into my field and just separate my truma for me without me appointing you a shliach. I have to appoint you shliach. If I didn't appoint you shliach, you can't just go into my orchard and separate my, my stuff. So it's posh. The question is, what if this is the case? You have five apples in your field. I have a hundred in mine. You want to separate your apples, which are under your domain, to be might see me. Does that work? Meaning, you want to say these five apples that I'm separating for truma, they're truma because they're covering his orchard. The question is, is that allowed? Now, meaning if I have 100 apples, I have to separate five, let's say, actually, it's, it's a four, or whatever, a 50th, okay, five, it's a, whatever, I'm picking numbers, the numbers are actually two apples, fine, I have to separate two apples out of 100 for, for truma. You can't go into my field, touch my fruit, without asking me permission, without me appointing you a shliach. It's like any other maisa, you need a shlichus. fine. So you can't go into my field and take the two apples and have them on. The question is... Can you go into your field, take two apples of your own apples, and say, "I want this to be to be for his uh, for his uh, for his heap, to be for his cree"? To, for his... No, stop. Separate his truma. Non kehanim can separate truma too. Why, why, can, why can't he separate truma? So you're just separating it for me. You're doing Gavin a favor. So long as coming into my backyard. No, that's not allowed. Again, his, his backyard, backyard, and he's separating Shabif. Exactly. And it covers your, 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 your uh, heap. That, the question is, does that work? So, without me appointing you as a Shia. So the Gemara is a kasher. I separate my fruit from my friend. Can I do this without his knowledge? Do, do we say, so why, why would it work? Why would it work? The answer is, it's your, so listen, if it was my apples, you can't touch my apples without my permission, that's posh. The question is, it's your apples, so why would it work? Right? Anytime you're doing something that purely benefits someone and there's no bad, there's just good, 
what do I gain? I gain that my apples are all taken care of. I gain that I didn't have to give up two apples to the Kayan. It's a win-win. So you say, well, if it's a win-win, zachin law them, shaloi b'fanov. Right? You're doing a schus for me. Right? If you find a Rolex on the floor, you could pick it up and have it in mind for me. Why? Because why would I, why would I say no to that? Zachin law them, shaloi b'fanov. On the other hand, there is one negative, and that's I lost out on the mitzvah. So the question is, by me losing on the mitzvah, is it not necessarily a win-win anymore? That's the Gemara's kasha. I'd rather do a mitzvah myself. That's the Gemara's kasha. So the Gemara wants to know, in other words, can I separate fruit from my backyard for you without your consent? So the Gemara says like this. Let me, I'm going to speak at the, the rest of the Gemara. That's the Gemara's kasha. So I'll speak at the rest of the Gemara. What do you see from the Mishnah? What's the case of the Mishnah? The case of the Mishnah is, I said, I'm not allowed to benefit, uh, I'm not benefiting from Gavin. I'm cut off from him. I'm not benefiting from him. What's the halach and the Mishnah? He could separate truma from me. Tarim is trumaisav. Now, we didn't really get into what the case is. What exactly is the case? Because think about it. I can't benefit from Gavin. So the Mishnah says, but I could still, he could still separate truma. Now, here's the deal. There's a couple benefits that you get when someone separates truma for you. The fact that he's doing me a mitzvah, a mitzvah, a mitzvah, Lavel Henderson, that's not a benefit. If he's going into my field and separating my truma, and he's being, right, you have to be a shliach, right? You can't just go into my field, touch my fruit without being a shliach. There's a rule that any time someone does a shlichus for you, that's a benefit. It's a rule. It doesn't matter even what the shlichus is. If I ask you to do a favor for me and you actually do it, by you listening to me and like sort of fulfilling my request, that itself is a benefit. So what exactly is the case? We sort of glossed over it. I'm not allowed to benefit from Gavin, but it's that Gavin can separate Shuma from me. If Gavin's going into my field, he has to be a shliach. Right? Of mine. Because he's touching my fruit. If he's a shliach of mine, then why is he allowed to do it? I'm benefiting from him. The answer is it must be that he is separating truma in his field from me. Ah, and it must be that it's without my consent. Because if it's my consent, then he's a shliach of mine. So it must be, we had a shayla. Can I separate truma in my field from my friend without his knowledge? The Gemara is going to prove that must be the case in the Mishnah. Because every other case seems to have a benefit. It must be the case in the Mishnah is where Gavin is separating Truma for me in his field. He's separating apples in his field from my orchard. He's doing it without consent because if he's doing it with my consent, then it's considered a shliach. So you see, and a shliach is by definition a benefit, so you see you could separate Truma in one field for your friend without his consent. That's the, you have the, that, that's the basic premise. Again, the kasha is, can I separate fruit in my field from my friend without his knowledge? And the Gemara is going to prove that has to be the case in the Mishnah because it doesn't see any other scenario. And therefore it's Mutter. Yeah, it's Mutter, yeah. So the Gemara says, well, let's see. Tashima, well, the Mishnah says, Tarim es chumaisa ves The halacha is that you could separate chuma if I say you're not allowed to benefit from me. I'm not allowed to benefit from you. The halach is you could separate truma from me with my with knowledge. Now, it does, who, where is the fruit and whose knowledge? So the says, "Let's speak it out." My askina. What's the case? Classic case. You go into my field, separate my apples from my apples, and then And you're allowed to do this. Now the question is, whose das is it? Now, if it's without my knowledge, no way. Man shav yishliach, who appointed you shliach? You have to be appointed shliach if you're touching my fruit. The answer is, l'dayte debalakri. It must be, you're touch, going into my fruit, taking my apples with my knowledge. But then if you're a shliach of mine, then there's a, by definition a benefit that you fulfilled my request. 
So that's shlichus. So that's automatically a benefit. So why is it allowed? So it must be, rather the case is not where you're going into my field. It must be where you're separating fruit in your field from me. Now who, and it says you have to do with das. Now who's das? If it's my das, back to the same problem. You're a shliach of mine. That's a benefit. It must be without my knowledge, it's with your knowledge. Meaning, in other words, you're taking apples in your backyard for me without my knowledge. That must be the only case in the Mishnah, because every other case involves shlichus. And shlichus, by definition, is a benefit. So it must be... So it must be that it's allowed without knowledge. Because again, as long as there's a knowledge... As long as there's a knowledge, it's not going to be allowed because if there's if there's a requirement for knowledge, then by definition you're benefiting because you're a shliach of his. So it must be you're separating apples in your backyard from my apples in my backyard without my knowledge, without my consent, and it works. Are you still getting benefit? Because so the only benefit I'm getting is the only benefit I'm getting. Oh, so you're going to say, well, what benefit are you getting? The fact that your apples are now permitted. Yeah. That's avoiding. You have to say that that's it's like an, it's a, it's, a, it's avoiding a loss. And avoiding a loss is not considered a benefit. That's the Hanan thing we had a couple days ago. The two apples that he doesn't have to take from That's him. avoiding a loss. I didn't have to give two apples. Mm-hmm. The, I, the only other benefit would be that someone fulfilled my shlichus, but that's not the case. Because again, if you're going into my field touching my apples, you have to be a shlich for that to work. Shlichus automatically is hana. That can't be. So it must be, you're in your backyard, you're separating for me without my knowledge, you see that that works. Sligmar so says no. I'll tell you the case. Forget it. The e- easy case. You're in my backyard. You're taking my apples for me, separating my apples from my apples. So what was the problem? The problem is I appointed you to shliach. By definition, that itself is anah. The answer is I never appointed you to shliach. This is what I did. I said, whoever wants to do it has my permission. You see, if I ask you, do me a favor, do it, and then you do it, that's considered hanah because you fulfilled my request. If I just make a public sign, I just say, listen, whoever wants to separate apples for me from my apples, you have my permission. I give permission, but and it's technically shlichus in the laws of truma, but there's no benefit because I'm not asking you to do it. You see, the, the hanah that you get when someone does you a favor is I asked you to do me a favor and you did it. If I just put up a sign, hey, anyone who wants to do it can do it. The, 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 no, I guess the, so you have to, you see from here that the benefit is not just someone fulfilling a request. It's not just someone doing a service for you. The benefit is that someone fulfilled a request that I asked of them. It's more of an emotional benefit that someone, I asked you, I relied on you, and you did it, as opposed to just, you did a service for me. It's the same thing. Like, you're not particularly that like, you're finding my lost thing and returning to me. It's for anyone. Well, you are allowed to return the lost object. You are allowed to. That's, a, that's actually a good proof. You see that doing a service, exactly. You do, doing a service is actually not a problem. You see that. And the only benefit would be shlichus. I mean, that's the point. Because I could have, by the way, I'll, I'll be honest. If, I would, if, you, if your wife were to put up a sign in your house, it's very passive aggressive, that anyone in the house that would like to clean, that would like to, to mop the floor of the kitchen, you have permission to do so, and then someone were to do it, you'd see from this Gemara that I would think that she'd be happy that there's, a, the answer is no, because there's a benefit that I asked you to do it, and you did it, you fulfilled my words. This is just, I needed to get done, I'm not, it's not considered enough hanah. It's an interesting perspective, but that's what you see from the Gemara, that the benefit is that the benefit of someone being your shliach is not just doing the service, it's that I asked you. So the Gemara says, loy. 
Really, the case is where it's not a proof at all. And it's not where Gavin separated fruit in his yard from my field. No, the case is he went into my field, separated my apples from my apples. So you're going to say, and, 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 and there's no benefit of truma, blah, blah. So, what about the benefit of that he's a shliach? It's like Rav says. Rav says, the case is where I didn't appoint you a shliach. I said, I put up a sign. Whoever wants to separate it can do so. So, this das of the balabayas. So technically, from the laws of Trumer perspective, it works. But from a benefit perspective, I, I, I didn't even ask the guy. I didn't even know who did it. So there's no benefit on him being a shliach. Okay. So the one, one last discussion, and it's aligned to this. Here's the kasha. Let's assume, we had a question before. I have 100 apples in my backyard. Gavin is going to separate two in his backyard for me. Let's assume it works. We had a question of whether it works. Let's assume it works. The question is, though, so now you have two apples that are truma. You're holding the two apples. They're really representing my 100 apples, but they're from your apples. Who gets to give them away? There was a certain benefit. Every time you have, people ask me all the time, like, who should I give tzedakah to? So there are rules, but the truth is, you get to choose. That's the benefit of having money, is you get to choose. It's called toivis hanah. Toivis hanah means that there's a benefit that you get to choose which organization to give it to. Same thing by a koyin. You get to choose which koyin to do. And by the way, besides for the fact that it's an emotional benefit, mm-hmm. and the koyin is going to like you, which is itself a good thing, maybe. maybe if he's an influential person, but also, it was actually a benefit you could sell. Because I'll give you an example. The koyin can't buy it from you because that's not allowed. But what if the koyin is the son-in-law of a very, very wealthy Israel? Right? He has a son-in-law who's a kind. And he doesn't want to see his son-in-law not... Uh, he wants to get him involved. He's like, Gavin's a good guy. To get, you know, Gavin, here's, here's 100 bucks. Give, give him your truma. The halach is that's allowed. So now this is not only a, a, a beneficial emotionally... It's, and, and practically, it's something you can actually sell. So the question is, who gets to choose the kayan in this case? It's technically your two apples, but it's representing my orchard. I'm the balakri, you're the balaperis. Who gets to who gets to um, who gets to give away the apples? That's the Gemara's kasha. So the Gemara says like this. Um, the Gemara says. Uh, you did this case where you separate two apples for your friend. Who gets to give it away? Mi Amrina, do we say, Well, you could say, if Gavin could say, if not for my two apples, you don't have truma. But I could also respond, Well, if not my hundred apples, those two are not truma. So, yeah, a little stalemate. So the question is, who gets to give away the apples to truma? Who gets to choose which kayim? So the Gemara says, We darshan from the Pasuk that you take the, the heap. The case is where he's taking two apples in his field from my 100. Right. So now his two apples are true, man. They covered my orchard, my heap. So the question is who gets to decide which kind to give it to? Him because it's his apples, or me because those apples are true of my heap? So the Gemara says that we darshan from the Pasuk is that you go into your orchard and you give it. So we make a drasha. The one whose orchard is the one who gives it, meaning not Gavin, me. So if Gavin takes the two apples, but it's representing my 100 apples, I get to choose. That's the drasha of the Pasuk. Okay, fine. Here's the kasha. Here's the kasha. We said in the Mishnah, we said in the Mishnah that if I said I'm not going to benefit from Gavin, 
he can still separate truma from me. Now, the conclusion of the Gemara is that you came into my orchard, took my apples from my apples, and I put up a sign, and I said, what was it? But the Gemara says, let's go back to what we originally thought, which is, the case is, you separated apples in your field for me. And the halach is that works, because you're going to say, well, what's the benefit? He's not a shliach of mine. Um, you're just avoiding a loss. I don't gain anything. Uh, you said, but wait a minute. If you're telling me right now in this scenario, I get to choose which kayin it goes to, right? That we said before that when you have Gavin who has the two apples, but my, it's my orchard, I get to choose. If you're telling me that I get to choose, I do get a benefit. So why is it allowed in the Mishnah? The Mishnah says that, Gav, that again, you could be separate Shuma for someone that, you're not allowed to, that is not a benefit from you. And what's the case? We're assuming the case is where Gavin separates apples in his orchard from my orchard, and I'm, although generally not allowed to benefit from Gavin, it's fine. You say, why is it fine? You say, well, what are you benefiting? You're not benefiting this, you're not benefiting that. Well, if you tell me I get to choose which Kayan to do, that's a benefit. That's a huge benefit. Now, if you told me that Gavin gets to choose, fine, I didn't get anything. But now you tell me, no, the Nasata means that the one whose orchard gets to choose, that means I get to choose. So because of your interaction, I got two extra apples that not only do I not lose, I get to give it out. That's a benefit. So the Gemara says, Ace of Akasha. You're telling me that, um, you're telling me that, um, here. If you're telling me that the, that the one who gets to give it away is the one, not the one who owns the apples, but the one who owns the orchard, then in the case of the Mishnah, assuming Gavin separated in his backyard from mine, and I now get to play around with those apples and give it to a kind, then why is that not a benefit? The answer is, The answer is, that's not the case. As we said before, the case of the Mishnah is not where Gavin is separating apples in his backyard from mine, and I now get to play with apples that I didn't have. The answer is no. The case of the Mishnah is where he's going into my backyard, separating my apples from my apples, so I have the right to give it away because I always had the right to give it away. It was always mine. What's I, isn't it a shliach? The answer is I put up a sign. It's like we said before. Okay. Tashima, let's just finish up this Gemara. So we're trying to figure out who gets to choose which apples, who gets to choose which kayin. So the Braisa says, What this means is like this. Um, if let's say I said I'm going to bring a carbon, right? And you, you, what you did is very nice of you. You gave me the animal. You consecrated an animal for me. So the halachas that works, it's not like you brought the carbon, but I said I need to bring a cow as an oila. You hear about this, you're like, okay, he's, he's tight on money. This cow, you're in the backyard, you're like, this cow is an oila. So you have, you're the owner of the cow, but it's meant to be for my carbon. So the halacha is like this. Um, the halacha is that if an, a, a carbon gets a blemish, it's sold and it's redeemed, and you use the money to, to, to buy a new carbon. If it's redeemed by the owner of the cow, by the owner, you have to add a fifth. So the question is, who's the owner in this case? Right? I said I have to bring a carbon, Ayla, and I'm looking for an animal, and you're like, listen, I'm this animal, uh, use it. It's holy for you. So I'm the, I, you're the owner of the cow, but I'm the one who's going to be using it as a carbon. The question is, who's the owner regarding redemption? Because if the owner redeems it, he has to pay an added surcharge of 20%. Non-owner just gets to, to, to redeem it outright. Who's the owner? Is it the one who's using it as the carbon, or is it the one who actually owns the animal? So the, the Bryce says, 
the owner of the animal, the actual owner, not the one who's going to be using it as the carbon, the one who consecrated, the actual owner of the animal is the owner, and he adds a fifth. I, again, in this case, I'm using it as a carbon, but it's your animal, so you're the owner regarding redemption, but I'm the owner regarding Timura. Timura means that if I try to transfer the holiness onto another animal, the halach is that while it, it doesn't really work because the holiness doesn't leave, but the other animal also becomes holy, it's a penalty. The only one who could do that is the owner. So in this case, you're the owner regarding redemption, but I'm the owner regarding Timura. And in the last case, which is I have 100 apples in my backyard, and you take two in your backyard and separate it for me, the halacha is the one who gets to choose is the one who separated it, meaning Gavin in this case. Not what we said before. The halacha is that if I separate truma in my backyard for my friend, the one who separated the truma gets to choose. Um, yeah, so it's, it's not like what we said before. In this case, Gavin gets the truth. All right, stop here.